Welcome to the Writer's Block Party Podcast with your hosts Meredith Bond and Prue Warren, where they discuss every aspect of a writer's life, from the craft of writing and editing, through publishing and marketing, and finally into building a global publishing empire. Here is Mary and Prue. Welcome to the Writer's Block Party podcast. I am Meredith Bond, one of your co-hosts, and I am here as always with the lovely... I'm Prue Warren, and I represent people who have not published extensively. I used to say I was the idiot of the group, but I'm learning. It's you're getting not better. an idiot. You're, you're incredibly intelligent, and this <laughs> is why we have so much fun together, because you just make me think, Prue. But... Today, you are not the only one who's going to be making me think. Today, we have a special guest. We have Heather Maddox. And Heather is a, what, what's the term now? Um, pre-published author. <laughs> I like it. I like it. For a while, I actually used to say to Prue, am I an author? I just dabble in storytelling. And she's like, absolutely, you're an author. Don't don't second guess yourself. And I'm like, thanks. So uh, I guess I should tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I, As Mary, you said, I am a pre-published author. Um, I've been writing probably since I was about 10. And everything I could get my hands on, I used to do old school composition books with my stories. Um, and I even have friends that I've been friends with for 25 years that are, remember when I was in school and I would write a paragraph and then pass it off to them and they would write a paragraph and then I would write a paragraph and then they would write a paragraph, got out of would writing for a little bit. I did that with friends and they wore out very quickly. They, they, they do. They, well, they did because they are not authors. They're not even writers. They are just <laughs> friends that wanted to um, help me in my journey of writing. So it's funny, fast forward um, to about, what, three years now, three years, four years ago, I had the same story that I had wrote twice before. And I had said to my best friend, hey, I should write that book again, because unlike a lot of authors, I actually threw out my old compositions because in my mind, they were just, I know, I know, I'm I'm not a very sentimental person. So as far as I'm concerned, you could burn my house down and I'd be like, all right, let's go buy some new stuff. <laughs> <laughs> now with the cloud, everything is saved in the cloud, which we're going to talk about today. But, you know, about four years ago, I had my girlfriend, I was talking to her about wanting to get back into really like writing heavily. And I had my story bouncing around in my mind that I had already wrote twice before in composition books. And I was like, hey, now I'm older, I'm wiser. I know a little bit more than I knew then, you know, because it was a teenager, you definitely don't know nearly enough about life right. and then experience happens. And so I said, <laughs> would you be willing to you read it? Well, I, oh, I absolutely thought I knew everything. So my best friend had said, absolutely. So, you know, I put 23,000 words on the page, sent it to her. And I said, I remember the first time I shared it with her, it was the first time I ever shared with anyone. And I was like, don't judge me because I write super steamy romance. And it was based on a sex island and it there's, there's room for judgment, a lot of room for judgment. So I just remember being embarrassed when I sent it to her and she was just phenomenal. She wrote back and she was like, this is fire. Send me more, like put pen to paper, just keep writing. So I think it took me about four months and I tracked about 80,000 words. And I got to a point where I was like, the end I'm done. I wrote a book, right? And no, 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 that's, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. So needless to say, that's kind of my story. 
I put the end on it and lo and behold, four years later, it's still not the end. It's gone through a couple iterations with a developmental editor. And my friends, Prue, Prue has been phenomenal. Um, she, she went through, she has made me such a stronger writer. Um, based off of a lot of her feedback. So, and she also, she is so encouraging when I get hung up, I call her and I walk through stuff. So yeah, you, that's why, that's why I know that you're a pre-published author. Oh, it's going down through it's going down. Um, I had a baby in the last, uh, two, three years. So got involved with, uh, our, with Washington romance writers became on the board, had a kid, learned how to mom at the same time of trying to figure out a career and all that. Fun so you're stuff. not busy at all. Just not hanging busy around at all. doing nothing, not sitting around, but it's, so the first book has the end on it. The second book already has 65,000 words and the third book has 35, but I need wow. to knowing what I know now, I need to go write book two and write three all over again, because I didn't understand head hopping. I didn't understand deep POV. I didn't understand the emotional aspect and driving the story forward and beats. I knew nothing of that. I just knew there's a story beating in my head that needs to be told. So pre-published it is. Eventually, I think a goal for 2023 is actually probably, well, 2022, I need to finish out this last edit because my developmental edit editor actually said, do the updates I suggest and you're ready to pitch if you want to go traditional. Just go forward and do it. And I'm like- Committed. You want traditional. Yes. So if you asked me two years ago, Prue, you and I have had a lot of conversations. Mm-hmm. It's a bucket list item. I want a traditional, um, I want an agent to see my work and say, yes, I like it. I want it. And if it, and I think I mentioned this to you, if I go no further than book one traditionally published, I can cross it off of my bucket list and say, I have accomplished this. It doesn't mean I'm going to stop writing. It doesn't mean that my stories are not going to be told. It just means that my bucket list, I can check it off the bucket list. However, as time has moved on (laughs) and I have gotten, you know, down the rabbit hole, learning everything and I've pitched, I'm probably one of the very few authors. I love pitching my story. If I can't get excited about my story and tell you why you want to read my story, I got bigger problems in my opinion, because I am an extrovert. I, I love let me tell you how raunchy my story is. It's great. You know what I mean? Like, and you're going to want to know this storyline. You're going to want to, you're going to be invested in these people and all the different positions that they have sex, right? Like you're going to be like, give me more. Right. And if, if I can't exude that confidence in my writing, so which is why I enjoy pitching because as much as I, I, I can talk, I can talk a good game. And I might be a shitty writer, but I can talk a good game. And if I did due diligence and I get editors to like, help me not be a shitty writer, then you're going to want to read what I have for you, you know? And then you're going to be sad when it comes to an end and the end is in place. And you're like, well, what the hell? And then you're like, hold on, but she has a book too. Book two is coming out. You're going to know more about these characters, right? Like, so, so anyway, we're getting off track. I know we're, you know, so that's my background. That's kind of where I'm at. And actually it's, it's a good segue into what we're going to be talking about today, which is uh, iterations. It's file management, storing your data, storing your files, making sure that you're tracking those changes as you make changes. Don't be like me and throw things out. It's a little harder to do when you're on a computer, but not as hard as you may think. The trash bin is not your friend. If you take anything away, you want to archive everything because there are situations where you're going to be writing and 
You're going to have an entire story that you wrote out. I think we took a workshop where they said that they wrote 100,000 words just in fluff information on the back end before their story was written. So you're going to have situations where you write out full scenes and then you're going to scratch your head and you're going to say, no, that's not where we're going. And then an iteration later, an editor later, a comment from a friend later is going to say, I had that entire scene already written out. I had 7,000 words on that. Damn, I deleted it. I removed it. I wrote over it. I whited it out. If you're doing old school, like, you know, and you never want to do that because you never know when these are going to help you be able to move forward with your stories. Okay. Back Um, up. Let's start from the very beginning. Let's start from the very beginning. There are so many layers to getting a book finished. How do you set up your files so that you can archive things like that? All right. So, well, before we even talk to setting up files, let's talk about some of the storage that you can use before we even get into the file portion of it. That's so, good. yeah, because you your said computer, you're talking about saving everything. So where oh, do you save it? Right. Where do you save it? Great question. Because again, you do want to save everything there. You pay for the cloud storage, save everything, version everything. You have your file directory area and a lot of people save it on their file directory. That is a big no-no. And the reason why it is a no-no is unless your file directory is backed up to a cloud, if your hard drive blows, you lose everything. And sometimes your hard drive might go to a point where you actually are not able to recover it. So some food for thought, you have the OneDrive, you have Google Drive, you have external flash drives. I mean, you can buy an external flash drive for pennies. You have external hard drives, which are more terabyte level. Um, terabytes are that larger amount of data that you can store. But even those go corrupt. So when you plug in a flash drive or you plug in an external drive, keep in mind, there's usually an uh, the icon on the lower right-hand corner of your computer that says, safely eject your whatever your heart, your flash drive is, right? A lot of people are impatient, myself included, and you just take the USB out. Uh, well, it's fine. It's, it's taking, it's been fine all along, right? So I have a four terabyte level hard drive that I have external that has all my documentations for my professional, like my day job that I've been tracking and keeping and storing because eventually when I, you know, get it, get my own company and start my own company, I want all these documents. I went to plug it in and I got the the wheel of death that said, nope, it is now I have a hard drive that I have to pay someone to actually recover it because all of my stuff, I have old documents that that would be really beneficial for me to recover. And now for a couple hundred dollars, I have to go pay a data person that can actually extract my data from my hard drive. So uh, even an external hard drive is not out of the, the scheme of what you're really wanting to use. You're going to want to use a cloud because... Uh, Amazon Web Services, the cloud on the back end is going to be responsible to retain your data. And what they do is they actually have um, they they have mirroring systems where they have the data come in and then they actually make a duplication of it so that your data is never going to be lost. So you want to use the cloud because it's it's protecting your data so that you can retain it at any time. So Which, and again, those cloud options are. Sorry, go ahead, Pro. Which one do you like? That's a great question. I was just going to say, so you have Google and you have OneDrive. You also have SharePoints if you are working and you have set up a SharePoint, but there's some cost involved with a SharePoint. If you have Office 360, you can use Dropbox. Mm -hmm. Um, Dropbox, 
has certain cap- they all have certain capabilities, but the essentially is the same that they hold your repository of your data. My favorite is OneDrive. Uh, OneDrive is a Microsoft product. I'm a Microsoft user. I write in Microsoft Word. I design PowerPoints and like I'm an expert in PowerPoint. OneDrive is very similar to the setup for setup for SharePoint. So it's a file repository. So when you go to grab out your files and you're deciding on where to put them, a lot of times folks just throw random, maybe an acronym. The problem with throwing an acronym is that you may not remember the acronym in five years from now when you're know, hunting. I don't understand. What are you talking about? Go back. Why? What am I? What am I choosing the acronym for? Your files, your folders. I-, I guess is the better thing. Okay, so when I when I set up something on OneDrive, I'm a Mac user, but OneDrive will okay. let me set up an yep. account. Yeah. So, so what you'll go saying- in and it's a file directory on OneDrive, and it looks very similar to your file directory on your computer. So if you're on your computer and you see the little file icon at the bottom, and it opens up, and then on the left-hand side, it has folders, and it'll mm-hmm. say documents, pictures, whatever have you. OneDrive maps, and you can actually set up your OneDrive so that it syncs directly to your computer. So as you're saving on your file on your computer, it'll save it up to the OneDrive cloud, which is where it has that repository on the back end so you won't lose your data or your yeah. story. Or There's yours. a problem with OneDrive. If you, they ask you if you want to back up your computer to OneDrive, they mm-hmm. delete all the files off of your computer. Okay. But it's now saved in the drive. So you're never going to have to retain it because again, your hard drive on your computer might crash. The other thing is you're able to then pull those files down and you can download them back to your hard drive from yeah, OneDrive. I know. I spent two days doing that because they up, they deleted everything off but of I my do- computer. And then, and reorganized it. So I couldn't find a damn thing. I was so pissed. I sent them so many nasty emails. I cannot tell so you. So I do also, I think that there, when you go to sync, there's an opportunity that asks you, do you want to remove the files from your computer? And you have to deselect it. Yeah, when I you don't remember if you ever seeing that. And it just, it deleted believe, my entire hard drive. And I, I think was this was something... Pissed that came up in our conversation, Prue, when Glory and I presented this. Right. And I think we did track it down. And there is a setting. You have to you have to remove the setting to to remove the files on the back end. The biggest thing for me that I, the biggest heartburn I would have had with all of that is that they reorganized my shit because I yes. do not like, don't touch my shit. Don't reorganize where I'm storing things. I have a method to my madness and my madness may be crazy to most people, but it is my method. Exactly. So, Exactly. <laughs> that would have and, been my biggest struggle. And then Dropbox tried to do exactly the same thing to me. And I and they did it. They started doing it and they uploaded all of my pictures from my computer. And I can still no longer uh I used to be able to just uh do a, a control print screen or a command print screen and I can't do that anymore. And I can't save I can't do a print screen anymore because it doesn't save it anywhere. Because you're on Dropbox Mac? totally, no, on a PC. And it totally screwed up my computer, my file system. Have you tried Control-Alt print screen? Control-Alt print screen does something different. Control-Alt print screen grabs only the program that you're in. 
whereas control print screen grabs the entire window. So like right now on mine, I have my emails like in the background. If I do control print screen, it grabs my emails in the background, you, Prue, me, and everything. If I do a control alt, it will only grab my Zoom meeting because that's my forward facing program that's mm. open. It was um, the Windows button print screen. We'll just do a, we'll just save it to a folder and it a doesn't picture anymore. Folder. Yeah. And it doesn't anymore. I'm going to research that, Barry. And I'll, Please do, I'm gonna, if you yeah, tell me, let you know. because I do print screens all the time. Right. Also, you could do a snippet. I don't know if you know how to do a yeah, snippet. I, that's yeah. what I've had. That's the workaround. I worked a little bit on a Mac, and I got to say, Macs saving a print screen is the easiest that you possibly, uh, possibly out of the two computer systems. Mac, hands down, knows how to do some print screens phenomenally. I um, how to do a print screen on a Mac. Oh, it's just a simple, it's control F4, and it just grabs yeah. it. And then it pulls it down to your lower right-hand corner and it either saves it to your desktop or you can tell where you want it. It's it's so easy on a Mac. And then I gave my Mac up after three months and then I was, I've been sad ever since. But oh. so you you want to store it. Uh, I, you know, I was like that for the first two months and then I got used to it and then I had to give it up. And then, you know, I'm a little heartbroken about it. So the folders, the files. So once you determine which cloud environment you want to save it to. Or if you opt to do a flash drive, just again, there's some corruption issues with flash drives. So even if you are putting it on a flash drive, I highly recommend you still back it up to a cloud. If you're an iPhone user, I believe you get five gigabytes in iCloud. Google also provides you, I want to say five gigabytes without purchasing for additional storage. Uh, and, and OneDrive, if you have a Microsoft um, login, if you're a 365 user, you also have storage available. Um, you get a terabyte. Yeah, which is a pretty decent amount of data if you're if you're holding on to your data, especially if you're massaging it and, and manipulating your data. Uh, <laughs> and when we talk data, so I actually work in my day job. I work with a data platform, which is why I call it data, but let's really call it what it is. It's your story. It's your character, uh, your character interviews that you might do or your character profiles, your pictures, the words that you've put on the screen. Sometimes it's an article that you grabbed because it reminds you of something. All of this information is what I'm calling data because it is some sort of form of information that you are putting into a repository to store for some later usage that is taken at some individual time. So a lot of times when people create their stories, they kind of just write to write as they're moving forward. And then when they edit, they go back through and they edit out their information, but they're not versioning up. I am a huge proponent of version control. And when I talk version control, I actually use versioning numbers. I don't do dates. And the reason why I don't do dates is because at 6 a.m., if I'm writing on February 23rd and I come back later on and I go back to that last thousand words that I did and I'm editing that out and then I'm adding another 3,000 words after that, it's still dated the same day and I'm not tracking. And that may sound granular level when we're talking about keeping tracks of your changes, I'm a big user of track changes. If you use track changes and you're like, oh my God, it's a bloodbath, there's settings that you can actually remove the bloodbath. So you don't see any of that. And then you can, you can stamp it with a version number and you can see what has changed. And it's really beneficial, like in my case, being pre-published. I've written this book once, put an end on it in this most recent four year. I've written it at least two or three more times. And I'm like, what has changed? It's crazy to want to see that. But when it's all said and done, 
I want to see where it was when I first wrote this book four years ago and all of the amazing progress that I have made where I'm at the end, where I'm ready to actually go and pitch it to agents. So, and I can see all that, but I can do it in a manner that it's not driving me crazy thinking it's a bloodbath because I do sometimes rewrite whole scenes. Here's my question for you. Do you sit down at the computer? Okay. You've got half an hour to write. You've got four hours to write. You've got 10 minutes to write. You sit down at the computer and said, now here's version 1.17. And then you start writing. Or do you sit down at the computer, pull up 1.16, start writing, and then say that was version 1.17? Don't shake your head at me, girl. Tell me. It's a great question. And (laughs) the first way you said it is right. When I first sit down at a computer, especially after taking a hiatus of a day, a month, six weeks, whatever it is, I sit down on the computer and I pull my last version up and it is 1.17. And I say, all right, I'm getting ready to go back into this world. Let's dive into her world. Hold on, save as. Save as 1.18. And then from there, as I'm diving back into the world and I'm changing and I'm massaging and everything and I get done, I now have my track changes on the back end and I save it out as 1.18. When I open it the next time, I remove my track changes because I've accepted accepted all the things that I've changed and version it up to 1.19. So I'm not saving over my track changes. I'm watching, I'm watching the growth pattern. I'm watching the story as it's un, as it's unwinding in front of my eyes. So as I as I do this and it takes me, let's say it takes me a month to write my story, every day I sit down is another version. What I would say in that is it depends on how much you're accomplishing in that day. If you're writing for five minutes, I probably personally would not version it up. If you're sitting down and you're writing 5,000 words, I would version that up. I, it would be, If I have 10 minutes to write and I'm like, hey, I'm just adding five more sentences to this. That's To me, it's too minor of a, of a detail to, to really be needing to track that. But if I say, hey, I'm writing this entire scene out in his perspective, and it's, you know, 3000 words. And I'm wanting to see where this dives down to, because I have all afternoon to, to, to devote to this, I'm going to version it up. Mm-hmm. And then what ends up happening is after I version it up and I get through his, his point of view. And sometimes I'm an idiot and I'm like, damn, I wrote that entire scene in his point of view. And it has nothing to do with him. I need to actually make it in her point of view. So then I have to version it up because I want to keep his, his mindset, but also right. I don't want to delete those words because that was, mm-hmm. That's part of the story. There's a difference between the rounds where you're writing and the rounds where you're editing. So what about if I just say version 1.0 is me writing and it takes me a month. And when I finish the book, I haven't rewritten anything yet. It's 1.0. Now it's the editing round. Now it's 2.0, 2.1, 2.2. Oh, she's thinking. I've made her think. That's that some people will work that way. Me personally, I don't trust. What if 1.0 becomes corrupt for whatever reason? Now I have no copy of 1.0 for the entire month that I've been working on it. But if I version it in to, and because even the cloud is not a a fail safe, you can still have corrupted files on a cloud. Your your versioning then is grounded in paranoia. Uh, (laughs) It's a risk, risk independency. So I'm mitigating a potential risk of the cloud throwing me a corrupt file. So, and I would rather not, for me, simply saving as and versioning up takes two seconds with that understanding that if it throws a corrupt file, I'm not losing for 30 days of work. You know, Heather, I'm going to now I will confess to you my my new laptop that I got 
will not accept the external drive I have. So I have not been backing up to anything. So I know, I know. So look, you're both of you, the face you have. So here's what I do. Every now and then I copy the whole document and I email it to myself because it's up on my email somewhere. Oh, Heather, you're so disappointed in me. (laughs) You're not my friend anymore. So what you did not hear is someone muted me. I gasped so loud that my neighbor probably heard when Prue said that. So that is so 1992, Computer 101 for saving. And I get it, but we are in the 21st century. We're in 2022. And I understand no, I don't understand because you could just sign into OneDrive and save it into your OneDrive. You don't even have to email it to yourself. You can sign into Google Drive. If you have a Google email address, just sign into the Google Drive. But as a failsafe, I will say the workaround, 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 workaround to drives, to cloud-based drives would be to email you, would be to email someone. You, your mother, your friend, your dog, if you have an email set up for your dog, I don't care who, but if yes, in a worst case scenario, email. But absolutely no, Prue, we are going to have to work on that this afternoon. We're going to get that working. <laughs> There's just no way, man. <laughs> no. Well, all right. Now I've admitted my shame. All right. Keep going. Once I've got a one drive. I'm proud that you're saving it somewhere electronically in terms of somewhere external to you and your computer, which is the email. Again, that is the workaround to the workaround to the workaround. If things are really not working for you. That horse you're beating is already dead. Move on. I I just want to say though, real quick, emailing it to yourself is probably a better decision than putting it on an external drive. Considering I just told you that they can be corrupted. Well, You're now in the cloud rather than a potential corruption of an external drive. Well, the external drive is now defunct anyway. So, okay. There's that. (laughs) Take part. Take part. Onward. Onward, my friend. All right. So a couple of things with file naming. Um, Certain sites, I think OneDrive actually has a hundred character limit. And if you're not aware of what the character limit means, and I only know this from dealing with SharePoints. So that means it's the breadcrumbs. So when you go and you create a drive, so we'll say your computer has a documents drive. So it'll say C colon forward slash documents, right? Then you have a slash in any folder that you name it. So like in my case, I have a simple folder. It's very intuitive. It says books, right? Very easy, right? So mine says, Uh, My drive on my OneDrive would be documents slash books slash, and then I have folders built out under that. So the folders that are built out, you don't want really long named folders. And the reason you don't want that is because each single instance, like if you have a name, we'll say Mickey, because one of my stories is the female perspective. Her name is Mickey, M-I-K-K-I. If I have documents slash books slash Mickey, M-I-K-K-I, That is so many characters because documents has so many letters, books has so many letters, the slashes are considered a character, and Mickey has so many letters. So you don't want a long drawn out title on your folder. You want it to be concise so that you know exactly the method to your madness, you know where you're going, you know what you're looking at. With that being said, you don't want it so vague that if you don't look at it for five years, you don't know what it is. You don't want to scratch your head because it's labeled MHQ. And you're like, what the hell is MHQ? And really what it is, is it's an acronym to a name of a book that you actually didn't publish and the name you weren't even committed to. So you don't even remember the name and it's now an acronym and you don't know what's going on in that file or that folder. 
which then opens up to all your files. So just keep in mind when you label these things, you want it to be intuitive enough that you can map it in five years from now when the story has, you know, 5,000 words that you never revisit it. You want to be able to come back to it. Okay, good. <laughs> I can see you're thinking about what you're going to do. What you next? I know. I threw you on balance by telling you that I had no backup. You did I'm on so one hand. I'm like, ah! <laughs> oh my God, um, that's not good. That's not good. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm thinking. I decided after hearing you talk to, to Washington Romance Writers that any version, version zero was writing. Version one point whatever was working with the editor. Version two point whatever was working with the copy editor. Version three point whatever was beta readers. Version four point whatever was proofreaders and arc readers. And version five was final. I have it on a piece of paper taped to my wall. That's perfect. Do you do version 0.1? I'm writing in vellum. And it all it does is say save. There's no save as option. There's no save as? I'm writing in vellum. I'm writing in Scrivener. You should have a save as option. Do I, Mary? Yes. <laughs> Your save yeah. as means that it's taking a timestamp of what you have and making you change the file name. So you're now creating a second file versus the first one. So save just copies over whatever you had. Yeah. All right. I just actually, did. that's a great versioning schema, right? So you have version zero, meaning that that's the drafts. So some people, instead of putting it as a version, a V, you would put it as a D, as a draft 1.0, knowing that you're taking it, you're sending it to your editor, they're going to come back, tell you to do some shit to it, then it would be draft 2.0, and you're building out 2.1, 2.2, 2.3. In my case, because I'm four years in and haven't done anything, it might be 2.0.1. 2.0.2. And I know that sounds crazy, but when we talk about file configuration and we talk about file management, what are those doing? So for you, your schema is each level has its own number, version zero, one, two, three. In my day job, anything over 30% is warranted to a major up number. So instead of 1.0, it would be 2.0, 3.0, 4.0. But when I write to a draft, if it's an internal draft on my day job, it's zero. Uh, it's 1.0.1. And then when we roll it to our clients, it's 1.1, 1.2, 1. 1.3. Because we're internally doing some stuff, then we externally do it. So you have to find the schema that works for you, but you want version and you want version control because again, prime example, Prue, you know, you've been working with me. I have a scene where he's on a, a plane and he was dealing with his brother and his friend and then you know, when I sent it to the the developer, I had axed that scene because it went a different route. And guess what? My developmental editor came back and said, no, you need to build this out. And I was like, well, God damn, I already did that. I already (laughs) did that. And now I can go to my old version, pull it out. And of course I need to work on it. I need to get deeper POV. I need to make it more streamlined with where all the rest of the story has gone, but that's five to 7,000 words. I already had their conversation in my brain. I already had their tone in my brain. Now I know more about my male character. I know more about the relationship between him, his brother, his friend. I know how, I know how much more it is that it's crazy. It's crazy that he's getting to do X and his friends are going to say, you're crazy. Why are (laughs) you doing this for her? And he's going to be like, I'm crazy. You like, I already know that. And I already had it set up 
and I have it in a previous version and I can go map back to that now. And there's been a couple times that that's happened. When you do it, though, you only have the memory that that happened. You don't actually say, I remember that was version 1.2.2. You just know that it has not gone. I do have the memory, but I also have a mindset of when that would have been happening. So I know that that's probably about 60,000 words in. I know that at that point, I was probably around version one point. If I'm on version 1.18 now, I'm probably version 1.02 or 1.03. I go back and I just do a find, control find, remembering the situation. When we're talking about the jet or the airplane, I just do a find for airplane. Okay. I have six airplanes in my story. Okay. Map, map, map. Nope. Doesn't work. I throw that. That's not 1.02. It's now I need to search for 1.03. I should also be able to do in my find in my directory. I should be able to do a find in my directory and it'll pull up the files that have certain terminology in it. Nice. All right. All right. Any other questions I can answer? I'm calling you this afternoon and you're going to set up OneDrive with me. Oh, we are. We are. It is going down. There is just no way a friend of mine is going to tell me that she is old school 1999ing it, emailing it to herself as a copy. It's just not happening. It's not happening if I have to drive to your house and be like, hold on. I'm an old lady. That is not an excuse. I don't want to hear it. I'm a mom and I'm I'm a mom and I'm a tired mom at that. So is that an excuse? No way, man. Back your stuff up. Back it up. Back it up. Back it up. Okay. Okay, I promise. I promise we'll do this afternoon. I have to go to the doctor today for my annual shaming, but after that, I'll call you. Well, you'll get extra shaming when you talk to me, so it's fine. Thank you. It's <laughs> excellent. I'll just get it all in one day. Man, I should go to the dentist today, too. All right. Oh, my God. You've given us a lot of information, and I know this is just the beginning of what you know. So thank you, Heather. Thank you. No Heather. problem. My pleasure. I'm glad to um, share some of the craziness and the method to the madness. Um, it really will work and will help you streamline as you're moving forward in your career as an author and how to maintain, you know, integrity of your files, but also how to keep track of all the work that you've done and maybe have to, if you need to pull it forward, you have a method to do that. The idea of setting up good habits that will save me later. Yes. Yes. I think- no one else is going to save you, Prue. <laughs> you're your own warrior. <laughs> no, we're, we're not getting out of this world alive. Everyone, <laughs> none of us are getting out of it alive. So. Does just sound like my doctor's appointment visit that's coming up. Oh, excellent. <laughs> you like to talk to me about my cholesterol now? Go ahead. <laughs> sounds great. Sign me up. Sign me up. It sounds like a good conversation. Thank you, Heather, for naming me. Thank you for sharing with us. Thank you so much, Heather. This was really interesting. And uh, if you pleasure. find out more about OneDrive, I would appreciate it. I'm actually going to uh I'm gonna write that down and, on and on also my track. Yeah, and and screenshots. Jeez. I am there. It sounds like there's some setting in the back end that's actually hindering you. So I need to I have I work with a lot of developers at my job. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to some of them too, just because something something's not right with your system. Yes. And it was when Dropbox decided to upload all of my files. And I said, like, I don't want that. I no want that. What my daughter says is no want that. No want that. So that's now the, the theme. No want that. Yeah. I like that. No want that. No um, want that. Uh, Mary, next week, you and I are going to talk about what makes a really good opening to a novel. Yes. Uh, that's going to be a really interesting conversation. Uh, yeah. With lots of examples. It was my favorite thing. Heather, you're a goddess. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thanks, ladies. Own.
Sorry, I was on mute. Um, my pleasure. Me? Yes. I'm just writing my notes down. Mary, we're going to be in touch. I'll definitely, I'll follow back with you on that. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Have a great day, ladies. You too. Thank you, Mary. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Prue. Bye. That's it for the Writer's Block Party this week. We don't want you getting so drunk on knowledge that you can't drive your laptop safely. But next week we'll be here before you know it, so check out the website at thewritersblockpartypodcast.com. One word. That's where you can find our archive of past podcasts and a place where you can get in touch with Mary and Prue or ask questions for the next podcast. Write with joy, friends, and see you next week. Thank <laughs> you.